Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. So How's it going, SBS? It, it goes well. It goes well. I, I hear you have a uh, race coming up there, Dimity. <laughs> I do. I do. I was like, oh, I haven't raced since Pikes Peak, which was last August, when in fact I did that one triathlon in, um, I don't know, was that June? So I guess I did race. I feel like, but I haven't done a running race. Mm-hmm since Pikes Peak. So, um, so yeah, so my foot is, you know, more or less cooperating. I know I, every time I come up with an update, I'm like, it sucks. It's good. It sucks. It's good. That's kind <laughs> of like, it's reality. You know, it's a little schizophrenic as far as, um, staying on a healing path. Um, so yeah, so I did, I think a 10, oh. um, 10 miles a couple weeks ago. And I was like, well, if I can do this, then I'm going to sign up for this half marathon here in Denver. It's called the Bear Chase, I believe. And it's a mostly a trail race, which um, as I have talked about, I'm loving more and more these days. Mm-hmm. So kind of takes the pressure off to be like, what are my splits, right? Yes. Um, so um, so that's nice. And um, yeah, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do a half marathon. So I did 10, I'm following the run, walk, you know, find your strong challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been running most of it. I walk a little bit, but been running for most of the workouts, but, um, but it's just a nice gradual build. So, you know, I did 10 and then I did 11. Yeah. You had um, that, you had that good Saucony picture with your shoes and the uh, chalk 11. Did you draw the chalk 11 or? I did. Oh, you have such nice handwriting, Dimity. They were such. Let me tell you how long I thought about that one. I mean, I put that in the Instagram post. I mean, Cause that I was like, okay, I need to just go. Um, so 10, I did it on the trail. I'm going to do 12 on Saturday, probably on a trail just cause I like it more. Um, but 11, I was like, I just need to go run 11 miles, you know, and just know that I can just do that yes. and not. And so I did from my house, I can run down to the Highline Canal, which is this very nice path. I mean, it's a lovely path and it's, I think it's um, either 66 or 88 miles long. I can't wow. remember, but there's some some, you know, it's it's double digit that uh-huh. repeats, and I'm pretty sure it's even. So it's not 77. It's either 66 or 88. But um, but you know, gravel shaded, wide. I mean, it's it's a lovely, lovely path and flat oh. mostly. And so um, so you know, leave my house, run down to the High Line. Um, the only problem is you you literally run down to the High Line, so then you have to run up oh, home at the, at the end. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of those um, you know two mile or probably a mile and a half to two, probably a mile and a half long, just a very gradual downhill, Mm. which feels lovely at the beginning of a run. At the end of the run, you're like, oh, mother humper, how am I going to get up this thing? Um, But it's good. It's good strength training. At the end, it's that strong finish. So so I did a straight up 11 miles. um, And that one, I did do a run walk pattern. I did um, 10 minutes of running and one minute of walking just because I wanted to give my foot um, a chance to kind of just recover a little bit. Because that's the thing about trail running. Like when I go and when I went and did 10 on the trails, it's like sometimes it's just more efficient to walk, right? Sure, more efficient, yeah. to, especially going up, like hike quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we've said before, you walk and hike very quickly. <laughs> I can, I can, I can power walk for the, you know, with the best of them. I should sure have been can. a race walker. I missed my <laughs> there, Olympic college. There you go. <laughs> so that means that, that requires having rhythmic hips and I, I, I don't have any rhythm in my hips. Um, <laughs> You're no Shakira. So. <laughs> I'm no Shakira. <laughs> um, as an aside, a little aside here. I mean, so I, I went to Twa- Taylor Swift with Amelia on Saturday night, and, and you talked about your experience with Seattle, and um, and it was a great show and really fun. I'd recommend it, especially if you have a daughter. She, I think, she puts on a really good show and and talks about some really important themes for mm-hmm. the girls. Um, but uh, but watching Amelia dance, I was like, oh my god, that's me at twelve. Like <laughs> so passionate and so lacking any kind of rhythm, you know, just <laughs> in her own world, shaking it off and out of the woods yet and all. And I just, I mean, and it was so cool because it's, you know, she doesn't know that she doesn't have rhythm, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. So she's just, you know, and, and she's ne- standing next to um, one of her best friends who, oh. you know, is a very talented dancer mm-hmm. um, and, you know, has, you know, has been dancing for years and, you know, whatever. And it was just so funny, but I, I loved, I loved the, the, you know, just the difference between them, the contrast and just, and then, and just seeing yourself in your kids sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's really ugly and sometimes it's just 
lovely, right? See, that's so funny because so you went with um, at least one other mom and, and daughter. How many? Yeah, we went two actually. So mm. we went, we had, uh, we had four girls and three moms. Wow. So, okay. So, um, so it was just Phoebe and I, because I couldn't even begin to, the system just wouldn't allow me to buy more than two tickets. So, cause I was going to buy four and either bring along another mom and friend or maybe even bring the twins along. And, um, so it was just Phoebe and I, and, we did not do much dancing just because, you know, there wasn't, a, she didn't have a pal with her or anything. So, and I think that yeah. that year or the, the, what, 15 months or 16 months that she has on Amelia might make a difference in terms of self-consciousness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dancing with your mom. Like if it would have just been Amelia and I, I don't think she would have danced with me probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we moved a little bit, but there was no. <laughs> <laughs> we swayed. Yeah. We swayed. Yeah. Now I have to say, you know, I videotaped some of it. I would just hold my phone up and just videotape. And I find myself watching it still a lot. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I videotape more? Why didn't I videotape more? Oh. Uh, Oh, really? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I didn't, my phone was dead, actually. Oh, I was getting close to dying. So I just, uh, I just enjoyed it. So yeah. that was good. Too. Yeah. That was like, good for me. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I don't know why I was talking about rhythm, though. Um, running on trail versus on the the road. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm deciding. I think I'm going to go 12 on the trails. But anyway, so I'm excited for this race. I've done it once before. Um, and that was right before the Twin Cities, while you were training for the Twin Cities Marathon, and mm-hmm. I did the 10-miler. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I remember there's a, quite a hill, um, quite a climb at one point. But you go through water, I know at least once or twice. Oh. Um, and oh my gosh, wow. I got these awesome new Saucony Nomad trail shoes. Oh. I think they are, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've come into a different... Um, different level of shoes with Saucony. Like I, like I really am loving the Kinvara's. I didn't love those at all before, um, before I hurt my foot. But now, like I said, the sockless thing is, is going well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I mean, I ran the nomads with no socks the very first time, 10 miles. I just went for it because they felt on trail house for a couple hours with my, um, orthotics and they felt good. And I was like, okay, I live on the edge. And, um, (laughs) I took them out and they were great. So, Uh um, Anyway, so yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited for the race. I'm excited for uh, for a little. Uh, I'm not really excited for my 12 miler, but I'm excited for the race. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's all gone, you know, fairly smoothly. So well, that's exciting. It sounds like a somewhat gnarly trail race that you have to go through water. I mean, I envision you like putting a pack on your head and fording across the stream. But I'm assuming <laughs> oh, maybe no, it's no, not no, quite no. that. No, it's like you know, two or three inches. It's not like oh. you're going. It's not a river. I mean, it is a river, but it's more of a stream, a trickle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and they might have rocks going across it, but it's you know, it's it's nature. It's nature. <laughs> so um, so that'll be good. So that'll kind of, and then I'll see where I'll go from there. But um, but it's just nice to think like, oh my gosh, I can I can do 13 miles, you know, because yeah. I was running 10 with my friend Katie, and I was like, oh well, I'll either sign up for the 10k or the half marathon. She's like you can sign up for the half marathon, Dimby. And I'm like, I know I can, but there's something like just nice about like knowing you can get a race instead of having to strive for a race, you know, and train for a race. Oh, you like to push yourself, Dimity. I, I do like to push myself, but I also like, you know, I, I, I also really flirt a lot with injury, you know? Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. you know, I'd say sometimes I you even have an affair with injury. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty much sleeping with injury all day long. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so there's, you know, it's hard because like when I do feel good, I'm like, oh, I've got this, I've got this, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm definitely limping back. You know, I, if I go do 12, I will do it on the, if I go do 12 on the trails, you know, I will drive home and I will limp home, you know, limp into my house and I'll oh. get ice on there and some Advil and it'll be fine within a couple hours or so, but mm-hmm. it's not like, it's like, oh, it's no, no big deal, you know? Uh-huh. Huh. Huh. So we'll see. Ah, uh, the, you know. The adventures of an aging mother runner, right? But you're uh, you're up to uh, you. You took out the walk breaks in your world, right? I did, I did. So I was, I've been running two days a week, and that's just um, it wasn't intentional so much. It wasn't a conscious thing of oh, I shouldn't run as often as I used to. But it was that Molly, my um, best running friend, is training for her first triathlon, which is a week from Sunday. And thank you very much for giving her those try shorts. She really loves them. Oh, awesome. And yeah, she, I can tell you, I've had those for like, so uh, the background on that is I've, 
I used to do the gear for, um, I used to do gear testing for USA Triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would send it out to different levels of triathletes and have them test everything from aero bars to body glide to wetsuits to whatever. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then uh, use their feedback to write things up. Yeah. And uh, and I somehow those ended up they're these kind of nice tier T Y R the the swimming brand um, triathlon shorts that just have a thin chamois. That's the deal with the triathlon shorts is you want to have a thin chamois because when you're in the water you don't want it to soak it up like a diaper like bike shorts do the, yeah. the thicker chamois. And so then you can get on the bike and you kind of sit down once and it all kind of rings out. Well, <laughs> and you pay the price for having a thinner chamois on a bike, but in a sprint triathlon, you're going to be okay. Oh yeah. No, she was, she was really liking them. She tried them out, I guess, two weeks ago. She swam in what she's planning on doing the triathlon in. So, they, oh, they worked very nicely. So, th- so oh, th- good. Yes. But um, yeah, so the, the good news is that those, those literally, I mean, it's one of those things where you hold on to them forever and you're like, <laughs> I mean, it's been, I, I can't even, I don't even know the last time I did gear for USA Triathlon. I mean, maybe 2011. I mean, I've hold on, I've held on to those shorts. Like I clean out my office. I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep those shorts because they're really nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them. But I have, you know, probably two or probably two pairs of triathlon shorts oh my goodness. of that type, <laughs> yeah. which is plenty already. Yeah. Like I don't need three pairs of those because I only wear them really on race day. Mm. And, uh, so anyway, so long story short, I'm glad that they went to a good home, and I'm glad that I held on to them for that long. I right? My, yeah. Because you know, they were they were lo- tendencies. Yeah. Right. They hoard it, hoard it, hoard uh, it, scroll it away. Hashtag hoard it. <laughs> um, so I, um, yeah. So she was very pleased, and and they are um, not inexpensive shorts. The price tag was still on there, and so she. Um, was, oh, were they, was it really? How, mm-hmm. Were they like a hundred dollars short? They were more than hundred dollars. Yeah, they were like I don't they were know more than a hundred dollars. About oh hundred and fifteen or hundred and twenty. Yeah. Oh so gosh. she was just like, "Oh I, my gosh, can you imagine having the money to be able to spend on these?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I can't." <laughs> um, oh, wow, I should have sold them. You know, <laughs> I'm glad she could use them, and uh, you know, she can pass them along to somebody else and hopefully do another triathlon. Oh, I think she has high hopes for doing another triathlon. So, she, um, so because of her triathlon training, I've just been kind of following a lot of her training and so say on Wednesdays we typically go take a spinning class and then use the pool at her gym and so that we've I've only been running on Mondays and Fridays and so I wanted to get in a run with my Saucony 26 strong cadet and so last Friday worked out well for her and the day before I was seeing my physical therapist I have two of them I adore both of them so much and so this one, Ellen was asking me about my running. She's like, okay, so you don't have any pain. You know, you're the swelling that usually exists for about a year after an um, incident like this, you know, it's no worse than anyone else's. She's like, do away with the walking breaks. I don't see why, you know, it's not, not doing your ankle any favors. So, you know, and it's not doing them any harm. So I was like, okay. Uh, so then was set to run four and a half with Laura, the 26 strong cadet. And so we ran four and a half miles um, wow yeah yeah great how was it it was um fine except i was she lives in a different neighborhood than i do and mm-hmm. it's a very very pretty neighborhood that unlike mine mine's a very pretty neighborhood but mine is on a grid and hers has um windy curvy roads and and it's really easy to get kind of lost and turned around in her neighborhood so i was all excited to go running there oh no she's like so over running in her neighborhood that we ran toward more the industrial urban part of portland and ran like toward my kids school and down to this very non-scenic street called Sandy Boulevard and all this stuff. And I'm like thinking, but wait, there's so many pretty houses and yards back in Laurelhurst. And uh, so, but while I was running, I thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, at least one boon from this is I'm sure there's going to be tons of change on the streets because it just seemed like the type of neighborhood where we find a lot of change. And nope, didn't find, nope. <laughs> didn't find anything. So, Sorry. Yeah. Wow. So, so that that was uh, enjoyable. And then on Monday, I went running by myself because Molly had, she did a um, 10K on Labor Day. And so I meant to go running four and a half miles again because I'm supposed to, you know, do the same workout kind of twice before I step anything up. And um, I miscalculated a little bit. And so I ran mm, almost five miles. So it's because I half mile over Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it makes a difference because so now my goal, I have a, I haven't had a stated goal in a long time, but my stated goal is now 
to meet Laura, the cadet, at mile 20 of the Chicago Marathon. I will have my bib, so I am not a bandit, and I am will join her in the race at mile 20 and run the last 10K with her. And, Perfect. And That's so, great. So you can my, totally do that. Yeah. So my goal is to be up to. I will. Oh, you know, I will go a little past the distance so I know uh, that I can cover it. And so by October 11th, that is my goal. And also because it's so funny that I'm convinced that Laura is going to be going faster than I would comfortably feel going a 10k. And she's like, "Oh, Sarah, you're going to be going so much faster than I am." I'm like, "Oh, great. We both have the same concern." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That that brings me back a couple. I meant to to bring this up just because it's so true what women do. We what we do to each other, right? Um, just like that situation. So at a swim meet this um this summer, uh. I came in my running gear. I, I had a new new kind of routine. So I would drop the – because I have to be there at like, you know, 6.30 and the meet doesn't start until 7.30. And so – and it usually starts with 400s um, that are the what the 13 and up swim. Mm. So my kids weren't swimming in that and those take, you know, five minutes a piece or maybe long. I don't even know. But they go on forever. <laughs> And so, um, so I'm like, I don't even need to be there really until like 7.45. And so I would get in, you know, I was running, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And so this woman, Megan, um, who is a friend of mine and lives in our neighborhood and is a very, she was, she swam at, um, for Cal for Berkeley. I mean, she's a very talented athlete Uh and she, um, ran Boston and she's run. I mean, she's just, you know, she's just a rock star. And so she has her running stuff on, and, and one of our mutual friends was like, oh, look, Dimity's running. And I'm like, oh, Megan's too fast for me. And Megan, Megan says to our mutual friend, oh, she's, she's in much better shape than I am. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's just both, like, discount the fact that we could just go run together yeah. and have a nice time, you know? And, um, and so I said, Megan, this is what I'm doing. I am running for 40 minutes. I'm going for 20, and then I'm turning around and coming back for 20. She's like, I can do that. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, let's go but I'm like and, we're, and you know and I'm gonna run a 9 30 to 10 minute pace and she's like oh I can definitely do that uh-huh. and of course like I look down after the first mile at my soleus and I'm like 8 42 I'm like <laughs> Megan we've got to slow down <laughs> you know and she's just like because her you know conversational pace is a minute faster at least than mine you know and yeah. so it was a fast run for us but but it was, it was fast run for me, probably slow for her. But it is so funny because we always size each other up, right? Mm-hmm. You did, you know, you did that to Laura, who you even know, and I've never run with Megan before. But just like, no, just go run, and yeah, maybe you're gonna like get out of your comfort zone a little bit, but but big deal, you yeah. know, like yeah. you can handle it. And if you need to say, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is you know, I chatted with her. She is a working mom who travels a ton. Like she travel, you know, she's a lawyer that travels to like London and LA and Belgium. And I'm like, oh my God, how do you even do that? Because as you know, we travel some and I just feel like, but we go to like Indianapolis and, you know, San Antonio. (laughs) We're not going to, I'm not changing time zones to London, you know? Yeah. So it was just a super great, it was a great time. And to not have had that experience just because I would have been like, oh, she's too fit. I'm just going to go listen to my same music again and again, you know, or she's too fast. Yeah. So open yourself up to, to new experiences with new runners. Exactly. So on that note, we have two guests on the show, Olympian Rod Dixon and Kathleen Kozak, a mother runner who is committed to keeping the children in her Connecticut town active and healthy. So first up, we're going to have Rod Dixon. Um, If you don't know, he is a Saucony athlete and he is a three-time New Zealand Olympian and two-time world cross-country champion medalist. At the 1983 New York City Marathon, Rod overcame a -a two-and-a-half-minute deficit with 10K to go. And he ran down the race leader and won by nine thrilling seconds. To this day, his victory in that New York City Marathon remains one of the most dramatic finishes in the history of the marathon. Today, he is committed to dramatically running down another formidable opponent, childhood obesity. And he's doing that with the same passion and determination that made him one of the best runners in the world. Saucony and the Saucony Run for Good Foundation, recognizing that obesity remains one of the biggest threats to the health of our children, the Saucony Run for Good Foundation has joined forces with Rod Dixon's Kids Marathon Foundation to ensure that even more children have opportunities to be physically active. So, Rod Dixon, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. Well, it's very exciting for me, too. Thank you, Sarah and Dimity. Thanks. So, so, Rod, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with your backstory, please share it with us um, in your fabulous Kiwi accent. <laughs> um, 
Well, I guess it all started when I was born. Um, <laughs> well, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Put on your seatbelts. I hope you got a long run, Mother Runner. It's going to be 65 years long. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, we were born to move. And uh, wonderfully, um, at a very young age, I mean, I did learn to crawl first. And, uh, and then before long, at, at uh, age four, I was running away from home to my brother's school because I didn't want him to leave me. Um, and so it began, this, this uh, unbelievable passion uh, and love for running. I mean, I played rugby and cricket and basketball and field hockey, but I was always kept drawn back to running. And in fact, you know, at school, uh, the first three grades where my school report was, Rodney is easily distracted. He distracts others. He's always fidgeting. He's looking out the window. And it wasn't until my fourth grade teacher who uh, realized there was a pattern going on here. And what he would do is he would give me a note to take across to Mr. Fry. This is another classroom, way across the school. And I would go out and I knew to walk across the field was about three minutes, but I could run right around the school in three minutes. So I would deliver the note and come back. And of course, when I walked in the room, back in the schoolroom, the teacher would say, okay, young Rodney, now what's two and two? And I go, four, sir. And he said, why couldn't you get that earlier? But what it was, you see, he realized I was on the move and I had to be recalibrated. And of course, sadly today, of course, we don't give kids activity, we give them medication. And that's the disappointing thing that um, we didn't we didn't have a name for it, ADD or ADHD. We had exercise and activity to keep kids calibrated or refocused into the classroom. So I kind of, and then it, it went on from there, you know, went on to um, running and run club. Now I joined a run club in 1960 and that mm. run club was first established in 1896. Wow. So really, I wasn't doing anything new. But what I did see as I went through, right through my uh, running life, that um, kids, more and more kids were getting uh, recess. They weren't getting PE. Uh, and of course, as you two know that the low decile schools, the first thing that gets cut when the budgets get cut art, music, and PE. So I realized, um, you know, that, that I had to, uh, here was what I was doing when I was younger. Why aren't kids getting that today? And I think that's all tied in. All those points came together. And that's why I really did start the, the kids, the kids run program. Um, well, so did, did that, did your perspective of knowing how important movement is, um, filter down to your children and, and your grandchildren. You said you told us you had four kids and four grandkids. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you see, we're very lucky. Uh, well, we were very lucky in our family environment that, I mean, I was a professional runner. Of course, I wasn't allowed to call myself that back in the amateur days. But certainly, <laughs> um, uh, so, it, you know, I mean, my favorite three words this year uh, learn by doing. And it's amazing that in that family environment, my children uh, were in an environment of a healthy, active uh, family. And so when I would run, the girls would run. Or the, uh, Kate was a, a New Zealand-class swimmer. And Emma, Emma, my younger daughter, was a runner. And... Um, so the whole dynamic of healthy eating and activity and wellness within the family was was um, was part of the the culture, and of course, as you and I know, um, today we don't see that in families, and uh, and that's why the program, my kids marathon, is so important to be in school. I mean, I love the family dynamic. I love how important the family dynamic, but we're losing that culture within the family now and it's really going to the schools and this, the schools are now the best or the next best environment for kids to learn and and the sooner 
we understand that putting local school wellness policies into action is is so very very important yeah, yeah. So, so before we move on to talking a little bit more about childhood obesity and, and the work your foundation does, before we came on the air, you were telling us a great story about um, one of your grandsons um, and his cross country. Could you share that tale with the listeners, <laughs> please? Yeah. A little, uh, yeah, Henry, he's six. Uh, he'll, in fact, he'll be seven uh, on the 18th of September. Oh, <laughs> better remember that. Yeah, send that card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or he likes he likes something you know some little thing through the mail and it's funny because he's he's a very simple he, he, a, a pair of shoelaces he's very very excited about. <laughs> easy to please grandson <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but he, it was funny because um, the other day at about uh, twelve o'clock California time I get a Skype call and it's from New Zealand from my daughter. And, and I look at it and I thought, well, it's got to be about 6.30 in the morning. That's kind of early. But I thought, oh, Emma wants to get me a message. And I open it up and there's little Henry. <laughs> and he's all excited. And he calls me Pod. And he said, I said, good morning, Henry. And I said, you're up early. Oh, Pod, I've got to tell you, I, I won this, the school cross country yesterday. And I'm so excited. And all those exercises you showed me to do. I'm very, very happy about. And I said, well, that's wonderful, Henry. And then the next thing I hear, Henry, what are you doing on the, what are you doing on the, te- on the computer? And uh, she, Emma comes out. She said, oh, hi, Dad. Please don't call us this early. It's, it's just not right. And I said, Emma, darling, Henry <laughs> called me. <laughs> he called me. So, but what, what that, of course, tells me is that, Kids at, at, at K, at five years old, are ready to learn. They are already learning uh, communication. They're already learning uh, an iPad or a, some device. So if they're ready to learn at that age, they're ready to understand and learn healthy activity and nutrition. And that's the key. We all thought, you know, I mean, it, 12, 15 years ago, it was all about high school. And I said, no, it's elementary school. And I always used to say seven years through 12. But in the last few years, I've realized it's K through five. That's the important time to get kids connected because they want to learn. Mm -hmm. And when they're having fun at doing what they're doing, they learn a lot quicker. And, of course, the Kids Marathon, my kids in-school run program, is based on the hare and the tortoise. It's based on finishing is winning. Winning is finishing. See, so we don't have winners. We have participants. And it doesn't matter what shape or size you are. You can walk. You can walk, run. You can run. But it's about finishing is winning. And winning is finishing. And that's where the kids really get it. And see, they all get the same medal which is a replica of my Olympic medal, they all get the same T-shirt and they all get the same workbook or the training guide. So these kids can do their laps any time during the day, before school, recess, after school. And so they are accumulating their own little pathway, their own little journey. And that's what's exciting about them. Back, back up for a second, Rob, because it sounds really interesting, What that program. So tell us exactly what your Kids Marathon Foundation is. I mean, is it a program that, skip, that schools get started? Is it something that a parent starts? And, and what are the foundation, what's, what are kind of the tenets of it? Yes, I, I, it's, it's an in-school program that I work with. And I started uh, over t- 10 years ago in this country. I started in 1990 in New Zealand. And in fact, I, I started my first in-school run club when I was 14. <laughs> so, you did? So, with, your, with your friends, kind of your classmates? or? Yes. Well, it, see, I was the only one with a camera. My father was a photographer. And I was the only one with a camera. So I said, those who want to join the run club, I want you outside. And I'm going to take a picture of you all. So, of course, in those days, a camera was pretty special. So the whole class came out. <laughs> you make it sound like you were like in the 1800s or something, Rod. I can't believe yeah. that so few kids in New Zealand had cameras. Yeah, it was. I promise you. There was very, very few kids. I was only 12, 14, 13 years old. That, uh, but, you know, it's funny because when I talk about my inspiration, 
and I, I talk about the 1968 Olympic Games when I was listening to it on a transistor radio. Mm. And I say to the kids, but that was, that was wireless too, you know. <laughs> not, not quite the same, but yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's great. So, um, so what do they have to do? Is it, is it a, pro- is it a year long program? Is it a yes. month? Like, tell us what, what, the, what are they, well, how it, it plays it, out. It, I started off as the kids marathon is, uh, is 26.2 miles. So for 25.2 miles, they do their, their laps in school and it normally somewhere between eight and 10 weeks. And okay. so, and then the, the, the school will combine with maybe another elementary school in the area, or they even maybe go down to the local high school where the kids run their final mile. So we call that the final mile celebration at such and such stadium. And so, but it's built from there. See, now here in Los Angeles, I have nearly 30,000 kids in school. Wow. But wow. we can only can only host 10,000 at Dodger Stadium. Now, Dodger Stadium can actually, could actually handle 50,000, but it's all about funding, you see, mm. because it's, uh, I'm, I'm in the, uh, mainly the low decile schools, so we don't have funding for busing. We don't have very much funding at all, actually, <laughs> but <laughs> we find a way, and wonderfully, the, uh, the Los Angeles Marathon, they support me. Uh, the Dodgers organization support me. I've got great, great uh, ambassadors like AC Green um, and Magic Johnson. They, they are all very, very involved. So it's wonderful that we're able to do it. But it's, it's you know, still I still shake my head and I'm thinking, you know, um, you know, that they can they can raise hundreds of millions of dollars for charity in this city. And yet, you know, to ask people to give five dollars for a scholarship for, for a kid's uh, activity nutrition program in school, you know, you, it, it just doesn't happen. So I think the culture is changing, but it's changing very, very slowly. And we're really not keeping up with the, with the effects of obesity. Um, you know, it's interesting because I don't, I don't, when I talk to kids, and I love kids, when I talk to kids, they don't like that word, obesity. They, mm. they don't mind talking about being overweight. And some kids even uh, volunteer the word, I'm, I think I'm fat. And I said, well, who told you that? Oh, my, my friend told me I'm fat. And I said, well, do you think you are? And they said, I could be. And I said, well, what do you think? And they say, well, I might join the run club and see what I can do. And you see, so all you do is encourage kids to give their opinion or their answer rather than, you know, labeling them. And Telling them what they are, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, and so, oh, go ahead, uh, Sarah. Go I was ahead. just going to say that you know when I when I, I I see the dynamic when I go to schools for the first time, and um, it's funny because you know when I go to schools now, I, even just walking in through the schools to the um, assembly or the the, the the school hall, you know, kids are all going, "Hey, Ruth Dixon, hey, Ruth Dixon," <laughs> and I say, I say to the teacher, I said. How do they know all about me? And they said, "Oh, most of them have iPads, and they've already they've already researched you." <laughs> so, oh, nice, nice. So, so you know, so you get up on the stage there, and I'm introduced. And the first thing I do when I'm handed over, I walk down off the stage, and I sit with the kids at eye level, and I talk to them. And as and as soon as you do that, they connect with you, and of course. Five to ten minutes, you can you can see there's a bit of a shift, you know, in the in the in the focus. So I get all the kids to stand up, roll their shoulders, punch their hands in the air, do arm circles, and and take three big deep breaths and then sit them down again. I've got them I've got them for another five minutes. So you've got to you've got to understand how kids are. And wonderfully, I've never grown out of being a kid. And, and I still understand that. And I love my grandchildren and I love going to schools and just watching kids and seeing how kids um, focus and how they, uh, the dynamics of what they are. And it's amazing that the kids that are in the run program have already made a commitment to themselves because it's based on the way they feel. 
And this, as I said, the, you know, the whole thing is non-competitive, so that they, they, they get engaged. It's actually amazing because sometimes the school will only have 25 kids out of 250 in the school that are in run club. But I can tell you, when those 25 kids go to Dodger Stadium and come back on Monday morning with their medals around their neck, and are introduced at the morning assembly, it's show and tell, and the whole school <laughs> signs up. Right. So it's quite amazing how quickly kids want to be part of this program. Kind of reminds me of... Um... New York City the day after the marathon, right? I mean, I remember riding the elevator. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to run next year. I'm going to run because everyone, you know, has their war stories. Um, That's very cool. And so you can always tell them because they're all walking down the stairs backwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So can can any school join the Kids Marathon Foundation? Are you based primarily in L.A.? Like, tell us, like, if we have somebody Uh, listening in, you know, random town in Illinois, is that a possibility? Yeah, the the key, the key, obviously the key is, is um, the principal because he's the gatekeeper. So obviously we've got to I've got to reach to the uh, uh, the principal, and and wonderfully, I find now when I go to a school, and I ask the principal, have you got somebody who's a triathlete or a runner or into? Oh yes, I've got such and such who really loves yoga. I said, can I meet that teacher please? And then as soon as you connect with that person, and empower them with the belief that they can do this program, because that's the resource the principal, the teachers, and then, you know, wonderfully, the family starts to connect because, you see, it's the kids who take this message home and it's the parents and the family who connect. See, when I when I do, like, Dodger Stadium, I last year, we uh, this year, we could only have 5,000 kids because there was a lot of stuff going on with building at the stadium. But, you see, every time I have 5,000 kids, I'll get 12,000 family members who want to come and watch their kids run. So you're suddenly dealing with, you know, 17,000 people. So if I had 25,000, I'd bet you 30,000 family would come. And that's the key. Because, you know, in some of these low decile schools, these kids are the only ones in this whole dynamic, this family dynamic, that are exercising and eating healthy. So they are the ones who are changing the family culture. It's all very, I mean, my baton has been passed to the kids. It's not to you and I. We're done for. <laughs> it's the next generation. <laughs> right, right. But um, so for the for the mother runners who are listening and, and um, you know, that they are keeping themselves health, healthy and active, you know, it can sometimes be kind of tough to, enforce or, or make your kids make the best choices about exercise and eating healthy and things like that. So from your years of being involved with this, are there any lifestyle changes that you can encourage the families or children to adopt that can make a difference? Yes. My, uh, I mean, obviously you, you get the feeling that, you know, I mean, my whole focus is in the kids and I love the, the parent. I love the family. I love the, that environment. And, uh, and it's incredible because now after, uh, what are we doing, uh, nearly, yeah, nearly 10 years here in, in Los Angeles, that we're seeing now the parents or the family of some of those kids who started this program and now participating in a walk program, say, at the 5K, at a local 5K. So there is, there is changes going on. And... Uh, but the key, the key really, I mean, I'm, I'm in Connecticut. The Kids Mouth is in Connecticut. And it's a one of the programs that the Connecticut Association schools for the whole of the state. Mm. And that's been very, very a wonderful relationship because I'm only dealing with one school association. Whereas in California, you know, I've got about 600. So, so it's, it's working in Connecticut. And so I use a lot of what I do in Connecticut and New Zealand to show how there's a pathway. It is a journey and and it's about, um, I want to empower more family or parents to be involved. And if there is a, if there is a mother or a parent uh, listening and just go to your local school and talk to your, I mean, most schools have wellness committees, so talk to them or 
if you're really, you know, go go up and knock on the principal's door and talk to him and say, hey, I see this program and look at this. I'd love to be able to be involved with this. So that's starting to come. Um, we've got I've got uh, people in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, who are all wanting to start programs. We've got a program uh, in Dublin at the moment that's mm. going to be starting, and the kids will run their final mile at the Dublin Marathon on the course. Oh, wow. oh fantastic! So that's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the New Zealand. Um, there's uh, the Auckland. The Auckland Marathon hosts about 5,000 kids, but there are regional events like uh, Nelson, my hometown. We have about 3,000 kids, and they go to the local stadium. And wonderfully, the farmer next door has made a course around the farmland, and the kids now can run around there. And he actually mows the grass <laughs> and goes around and picks up all the sticks so the kids can run and bare feet. <laughs> How about that? Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. So, um, so I mean, if, they, if somebody wanted to get a program started, is there a contact information on your Kids Marathon Foundation site? Yes. Yeah, so they, if they come in and say, you know, uh, I, I, I love, I love the, the, the dynamic of the program. How can I get started? Then we'll then so it's just go info at kidsmarathonfoundation.org, and okay. uh, and then where if there's a, a local area that we're doing it in, uh, it's going to be a very easy. If if it's a new, then we have to take the steps, and obviously it's you know it's 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 climbing up Mount Everest, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Totally. Well, in the meantime, we can have people donate to your program, right, for the month of September through the Saucony Run for Good app, right? Yes. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's Runkeeper, right? They download Runkeeper and sign up for the the challenge that month. Exactly. This month. Exactly. And um, I, I, you know, Saucony are very, very committed to this, and and they're very passionate about it, and they. Um, and of course, we go back. I mean, they to nineteen hundred and eighty. Um, <laughs> you know, last century. Uh, I know, right? That, that, but there's only and, one camera out there. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, about three, year, four years later, I actually will. I actually was the very first GoPro. I wore a oh. camera on my head during the New York City Marathon. Oh no way! Film, yeah, and film the runners. And everybody said, because it was a, a like a hockey helmet with a big camera on the top. It had a 10-pound weight belt. I mean, I was carrying about 20-pound, I think. And I, was, and I and they said, now you're going to have to keep up with the leaders. And I said, you realize they run under five-minute mile pace, don't you? <laughs> oh, yes. Could you, could you give commentary too? <laughs> Something tells me this wasn't a runner asking you to do this. <laughs> no. Some production guy thought it was just normal oh. you know, to carry a 20-pound uh, outfit and talk at the same time. Oh goodness! Um, oh, but I hear people running around the uh, the reservoir every day talking, and I said yes, but they're running about ten minute mile pace. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's a different story when you're carrying, you know, what like one seventh of your body weight in addition, and and then trying to run that fast. Yeah. So so well, actually, on head too. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Not near your center of gravity. <laughs> um, so so speaking of video, um, we watched a great YouTube interview with you in which you describe your famous 1983 win at the New York City Marathon and. And, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you for some advice because we're, you know, our listeners um, probably are not breaking any tape at, at any marathons. But um, so what three pieces of advice would you give to mother runners who are doing a marathon this fall? Um, so hopefully they've trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully <laughs> they've, you know, I mean, really the marathon, running the marathon is the easy part. The training and preparation and balancing the family dynamic is the hardest. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, you were a mother runner in a previous life, Rod Dixon, I think. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a, I, I got to tell you, too, that I am a mummy's boy. <laughs> my mother and my grandmother, I adored. And oh. they, were, they were everything about me. And, and I think that's why um, I'm so passionate about uh, what I'm doing because it is, yeah. it's you know it's it's this is what I was born to do incredibly I, awesome. uh, all the experiences I've had and I was drawn to giving back and this is something that has given me tremendous pleasure and and so exciting to see you know probably over a hundred thousand kids in this program and you know and with some really good support and it's not a matter of throwing money at it it's a matter of getting it into the schools. 
it's cheap enough to do, you know, about five bucks a kid. You know, so how how reasonable is that for a forty week in school run club? It's it's very simple, but we've got to change the attitudes and the culture of what's on in schools at the moment, and that's that's the hardest part for me. But anyway, sorry, back to. Uh, yeah, no, we agree, though, that what you're saying, that, that, I mean, ideally, like the training, if you can get through the training, the marathon is the party, right? Like, yes. The marathon is where you can just go have a good time and enjoy your day. Yes. But, um, but yes, okay, so that's one. You get your I training think, in. <laughs> so I think get the training in. And I think, and, and by the time you're, you know, you're, you're approaching uh, marathon day, you'll have figured out all your nutrition requirements, your, uh, your hydration requirements. Um, I do still see a lot of marathon runners who go to the weekend event, they go to the uh, expo to get their numbers, and then they go around the expo and they sample everything that's laid out for them. <laughs> and then they wonder why they're in the bathroom for the next 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if you get samples on the day before the marathon, put them in your bag and eat them on Monday. Mm. Don't, <laughs> so don't do anything new, and I mean nothing new. Mm -hmm. Stay, you know, you say, oh, so boring. No, you've only got a few more hours. <laughs> Stay with the plan. And then the key on, 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 on uh, marathon day is you, you've already figured out what the weather forecasts are and, and adjust accordingly. And I think the main thing for me is for the first 12 miles, run 30 seconds a mile slower than you had planned. So you're in a corral that you know, because this is the pace you want to run. Go down to the next corral, go back a corral, and take it quietly, go, take it slowly. Because it's the key, and of course the thing is, so what I'm saying is, slow down. You won't hurt yourself slowing down. And if you need to, do a walk run until you get your rhythm going. And if you're in, a, in the race, and you're having a bit of a struggle, Make sure you're moving from the left side of the road to the right side of the road to the middle of the road because, you know, the roads are cambered to get rid of the water when it rains. And so if you're always running on the right-hand side, you're going to find your IT bands and down that right-hand side is, done, is going to have a little bit more work to do than your left side. So keep mixing it up. Mm. And once again, go through your checklist. Say, am I overstriding? Am I breathing correctly? How do I feel? Have I forgotten to have water? So well, you've got to have a checklist. It's like it's like the 747 pilot, isn't it? I mean, he doesn't just get in the plane and, and once he's up 30,000 feet, he doesn't go and have a nap. He's actually all the time checking. So take your marathon as like a game of chess. Be planning moves ahead and checking off the things that you should be doing. Slow down, if in doubt, take a little walk. And sometimes, you know, roll your shoulders, take three deep breaths, change your cadence, change your energy. Awesome. All, all very wise advice from from a mama's boy and a, a, a former mother. <laughs> and an Olympian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us, Rod. We wish you great success with the Kids Marathon Foundation, and it's been, been just great talking with you. And thank you both so much. So that was awesome talking to Rod Dixon. And now um, we are going to be joined by Kathleen Kozak. She's a mother of three and a physical therapist who lives in Trumbull, Connecticut. This lifelong runner has run the New York City Marathon three times. And after reading about Rod Dixon's Kids Marathon program, she launched the program in her children's elementary school and has since helped launch it citywide. But before we bring on Kathleen, we're going to take a quick break. Leroy Brown was bad, but we are badass, and we're coming to his territory. Yep, the Mother Runners are Chicago-bound. Another Mother Runner is making its major marathon debut at the Chicago Marathon, and we cannot wait. We're going to do a shakeout run on Saturday morning, October 10th, which will be short in miles, but sweet with a lot of prizes and fun stuff. 
and then we will be at the Expo on Friday and Saturday with a full array of our AMR merch, as well as exclusive, limited-time-only AMR Chicago merchandise, including trucker hats, wicking short sleeve shirts, and comfy and cute sweatshirts. Trucker hats, we should say, that would make Leroy Brown turn his bad into a badass, and maybe even convince him to run a marathon. Yep. We'll have all the details available soon, but mark your calendars now. Another Mother Runner in Chicago, October 9, 10, and even 11. I'll be spectating the marathon. So watch out, Leroy. Thanks for joining us, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. So, so okay, we know that Rod is perhaps a tough act to follow, uh, being an Olympian and all. Um, we don't have any hopes of catching up with him ever, but, um, but tell us about your running. Uh, I began running as a child um, in New York City. We uh, had New York Road Runners Club, so I was really little. And, um, but I ended up being on a Catholic elementary school team, which ran all year long, and um, had some success as a child and in high school, and now I'm a mom, and I run for me, and I run some marathons here and there, and currently just, um, I ran a marathon the last year, and now I'm enjoying easy miles and this, the runs that keep my sanity and keep me fit, and that's about it. <laughs> that's great. How, how old are your kids, Kathleen? Um, I have a son who's 14, and a son who's 11, and a daughter who's 9. And so you brought um, Rod's program to your local elementary school. Tell us, tell us how you found out about it and, and how, how you brought it there. I did. I found out about it by reading an article in a parent magazine in um, a pediatrician's office, and I actually swiped the article because I just fell in love with the program instantly. You're that never, mom, huh? You're the one I, that like takes all the, the I, recipes and all the good stuff out of the magazines. I, I, I guess so. In this case, yeah, I'd never, never done it before, so I feel like a rebel. But um, I just instantly fell in love with the program as a parent and as, as a runner myself. I just know what it had done for me all my life, and I just couldn't get over what I was reading. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. Um, I sat on it for a while. I would think about it during my runs believe it or not, periodically, it would enter my head. How can I do this program? Would anybody even want to do it with me? Would kids care about it? And um, eventually there was an opening for the health and wellness chairperson for our elementary school, and it was the timing was just right. And every person I talked to the program about it, I just got such positive feedback, and I knew that our school would, would respond well to it. And they did. They came out strong and I was floored and overwhelmed when, after the first week, we had 300 kids sign up for the well, program. 300 out of, signed out of, up? Out of how many, how many students are in the school? We had about, at the time, about 500 K through 5, and 300 kids well, signed more, up. And a big than... part of it was maybe, maybe, maybe 200, I'm going to say, signed up. And then after the first day of running... I remember going to the office and the wonderful receptionist says, I think you got the rest of the school today. And it's because they saw each other <laughs> running. And I was buried in paperwork every night, but it was overwhelming joy to have these kids just look at each other running and they just wanted to do it. That's so, one thing we didn't get from Rod, is it a free program or do the kids have to pay to enroll? I think I'm not quite sure about every place in um, that does it because it is, of course, as you might know, it's spreading like wildfire. Um, in Connecticut, our program is run through the Connecticut Association of Schools. So the children pay $5, which is next to nothing, in order to participate. And what that does is our Connecticut Association of Schools gives them a T-shirt and a medal for finishing. And they also get a color packet training manual that they can color and read um, about the program. So it's minimal. Okay. That's great. That's great. So, um, and so what year did you start it in? I started the program in 2000, where are we? We're in 15. In 2014 was our first year in one elementary school in Trumbull. And then the uh, rest of the district joined up last year. So we had six schools participating last year, uh, this past spring. 
That's awesome. And, and that, that final mile celebration, bless you, Dimity, I think. Sorry. Um, th- that, that final mile celebration in Trumbull, it just sounded like a massive success. And, and you dubbed it in, a, in an email to me, your field of dreams. So can you describe that for us, please? It was. I mean, as I said, it was just something that I would think about um, running and, and planning and, you know, just could this ever happen? Could we ever do it? And um, having Rod Dixon create this program and for me to be able to bring it to my school was just something that I had thought. And could we do it? Could it could it take off? And it took off so well at our one school that when word really got out and I was able to talk it up with the other five schools in our district, um, moms, PTA moms, just grabbed hold of it. They're passionate about fitness and passionate about a program like this. And um, eventually being able to talk people much more important than me into, can we host a final mile? Um, Once I got that approval, I was just overjoyed. And then to have all 600 kids participating in the final mile day was you know, we did it. We, we built this program. All these kids are running and kids are fun. They run with smiles on their face. They're, they're much more joyful about it than we are at our age. <laughs> um, and it was just a beautiful thing. It was beautiful to see these kids starting really young, even five years old, running their five, final mile and for them to be able to say, I am a marathoner. What, where did you hold it? We held it at um, Trumbull High School. Um, it was, was the logistics where um, it just worked out. Everything worked out. It was a lot of, you know, Rod Dixon uses the term learning by doing, and he couldn't be more right. Um, we'll change things next year. But um, the children, it's very similar to an Olympic marathon where they um, finish on the tracks. So they started That's on the great. track. They got to wave to their family and friends, and they went out into the field and came back and to cheering fans. So they felt like little marathon or celebrities. Rock stars, yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice. Exactly. That's the term I use a lot is that they're a bunch of little rock nice. stars. They're amazing. Nice. So can you share a few standout success stories for us, maybe children who really thrived in the program or got hooked on running? I absolutely can. Um, our element, uh, middle school uh, just started a cross-country team, and this is the first year they've started it, and I was really excited the athletic director did it. But I know some of my little friends in elementary school who may not have been runners, and I see them on the roster for cross-country. So it's exciting to see some of the fifth graders bridge the gap from kids' marathon for the past two years to cross-country in middle school, and who knows where that will take them. Um, additionally, um, I had parents come to me who said their young child with autism was having less meltdowns in the afternoon after running at recess, um, that the children were able to get some energy out of their system and they were able to concentrate better in school in the afternoon. Um, We also had parents, uh, particularly of some girls, who said, oh, that the drama of recess between the girls was far (laughs) less uh, difficult for some of the girls to navigate because they had a structured and fun activity to do. And even the boys, instead of, you know, arguing over a foul ball and kickball, they were, they were running and they were doing it with their friends. They were having fun. Um, one other story that touched me was uh, specific that a friend of mine said, my neighbor who was on their bus, she said, I can't get over how much weight he lost. And mm. she noticed it just seeing him in the bus stop. Um, so it just warmed my heart to know that these kids really grabbed hold of it and they pushed each other and the parents were just huge, huge supporters of it. That's great. Well, so, yeah, so do you have some practical tips for mother runners? How can parents encourage children to exercise or run, you know, on a very regular basis? I think the most important thing is um, for us to model it. I think if we as parents are showing that either running or any kind of physical activity is important to us and we're carving out the time of all of our exceedingly busy days, I think the kids will see that it's important to mom and dad and they'll they'll grab hold to it. The other thing is to make it um, age appropriate. Uh, I think little ones, they want to do everything with their mom and dad and big ones don't. And <laughs> I think having kids go off with their friends, either to ride a bike or go for a walk or a hike or sign up for a race together. I think kids are very much driven by what their friends are doing. And as I said, in the younger age, they're driven by what mom and dad are doing. And I love the idea of people signing up for a family 5K, whether they're walking it together or running it together. 
I think that tends to be successful because the family's trying to achieve something as a goal together. Nice. So, nice. so, so, and it's spread already throughout all of Connecticut or it's being rolled out? Um, there are a number of towns and school districts in Connecticut. I don't want to say exactly how many because I think I might be wrong. It might be about seven different districts in, in Connecticut. And Trumbull, you know, was new on board last year. Mm. So it's, it's moving along. The first year I did, I think there was five districts. And now it's up to, like I said, seven or nine, somewhere in that neighborhood. Nice, nice. Well, good luck with everything, Kathleen. It's, it's a pleasure having you on. And, um, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point. I would love that. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Bye-bye. So after listening to Rod and Kathleen, if you feel like you are ready to lace up your shoes and make a difference, here's how you can join the Saucony Run for Good Challenge, which is happening this month, September 2015. And it's happening on RunKeeper. So for starters, if you don't have the RunKeeper app, download that. So, and here's one little practical tip that we found, which is when you sign up for the Run for Good Challenge on RunKeeper, we found it easiest to sign up on your computer and rather than on your app. It just is a little bit easier to find, and that link will all be in our podcast content. And then once you log on to RunKeeper, you challenge yourself by logging in 26.2 miles in the month of September. You take that challenge to log 26.2 miles this month. And then once you complete the challenge... For every mile you run, Saucony will donate $1 to causes aimed at keeping kids healthy and active, like Rod Dixon's Kids Marathon Foundation. They will donate $1 for every mile you run, up so that, let's say you run 50 miles this month and you log them on RunKeeper, boom, that's going to be $50 that Saucony will donate to the causes like this, and that'll be up to $100,000. So nobody try to go out and run that 100,000 miles by yourself, but together, I think us 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 mother runners can make a difference. And so then if you feel like then taking the next step and doing something like Kathleen by bringing um, a running program to your own community, you can apply for a run for good grant from Saucony. And to do that, you go to Saucony.com slash Saucony run for good. And once there, uh, your nonprofit organization can download an application for a Saucony Run for Good grant, as well as learn about how to get your kids into a healthy and fit lifestyle in your community. So we hope this podcast has been a call to action for you. So now we're going to run for good right over to the challenge corner, um, where we have a short comment from Christina Still, who is in the half marathon run race group. Christina says, I just wanted to come onto the discussion board to thank all of you for your comments, questions, and motivation. I am totally feeling fantabulous this running season, and I am ready to PR my half in October. I couldn't do it with all your, without all of your support. Keep the kudos coming and all of your good posts. So, and I chose that. I, I just think it's that type of positive energy and support that, to me, sums up our challenges and the Strava boards. And... You know, I think people will also, if they sign up for the Run for Good on RunKeeper, that they might, you know, sort of get that same sense of community as well. So, you know, remember. It is. It's, it's like just acknowledging that you've done the work. Like even just one little tap of a thumbs up for a kudos, you're like, sweet, mm-hmm. I got another kudos. You know, like yeah. it, 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 it's so, it's, it's this intangible thing, but it means so much. So in our song for the Challenge Corner is Fire Meets Gasoline by Sia. And this song came out more than a year ago, but it's still one of my go-to power songs. And I think it's an analogy for so many things, including the Strava boards. All that enthusiasm mixing and meeting with energy that comes from other runners and it all just combusts. Kapow! My name is Reagan, and I'm a mother runner in Amarillo, Texas, and my BRF is Jonna. And the reason Jonna is my BRF is because there's no one out here in the middle of nowhere that'll wake up at five in the morning to run with me. She was the one person that I found that was willing to do so. But really, more than that, Jonna is the perfect running partner for me because she'll get up in the morning, she'll slog it out with me through the miles, we'll laugh, we'll cry. 
we'll stop and say a prayer for each other and then when we head back out on the road we'll drop a couple four letter words along the way she's the perfect mix of sarcasm and sweetness and devil and angel all at the same time and usually when we're on our run and I get to the end of our miles and I'm sucking wind and I just want to stop at every stoplight and find any excuse to catch my breath she's the one that says pull up your panties let's keep going we're almost done and that's exactly what I need Um, and she's an amazing friend she's an amazing mom she's an amazing colleague she just inspires me in so many ways not just out on the road and I just love her. So if you have a BRF and want to talk about her, send a voice memo to runmother at gmail.com and you'll get it on air. So if you want to find some BRFs, maybe head on over to our Facebook page, which is Run Like a Mother the Book. We'd appreciate it if you would like it. And if you'd like to see us in person, we're going to be at some upcoming events. Our ambassadors, including Adrian Martini, who writes a the Martini Fridays column for us on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. She and some pals of her are going to be at two race expos, Zuma Cape Cod, September 25th and 26th, then the Wine Glass Marathon on October 2 and 3. I'll be with Jonna, who is Reagan's BRF, at Happy Girls Spokane, September 25th and 26th, and I'll be emceeing the race. And then John and I are off to Chicago, and Dimity and Denise are going to be in Hartford on October 9th and 10th. It's all good stuff. So many happy miles to you. <laughs> <laughs>